Proverbs chapter 3. And, you know, the, the Lord will begin to move into our lives in certain areas. And I, I believe this with all my heart, that, that God doesn't want us to, to thirst after the things of the world. But God wants us to live a blessed life. In order for me and you to live a blessed life, I believe it's going to, think, it's going to take us discipline. It's going to take diligence on our lives. And it's going to think a thing called obedience. And when I begin to live this way, this is the kind of life where God would begin to, to manifest in us when I begin to do the things that he's asked me and be diligent and disciplined to do it. You know, uh, it's, the, it's the little things in life that we do or don't do that gets us in trouble. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15 says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so it's just the little things we do on a daily basis or that we don't do. Okay? Begin with me here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. And so this is what happens when I get a hold of the Word of God and start living by the Word of God and say, Father God... I'm going to get your commandments and I'm going to put them right here in my heart. And on a daily basis, I'm going to discipline myself to live by the Word of God. I'm going to be diligent, Father God. I'm going to obey you unlike any other time in my life. Now, go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and you say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about tonight? Well, I'm going to talk about just destruction in our life, being obedient. And... If you were here the last few weeks of the year, I begin to say this, that, that every time I'd get into prayer, the Lord would put this in my heart, that 2012 would be a year of discipline. It would be a year of discipline or it would be a year of difficulty. And you know, when the Lord begins to put those things in your heart, you're always saying, okay, Father God, I, I, I would like some clarification that this is what's going to go on. Well, I begin to hear some things last night. That uh, 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 another minister on TV, many of you may watch Pat Robertson in the 700 Club. Well, he, he began to speak about what he thought was going, the Lord had put on his heart. What's going to take place in America in 2012? And some of it was good and some of it's alarming. And he said that you will begin to see in America. It'll be like an airplane that's crashing. It'll begin to descend gradually. But he said our nation is on, on the on the brink of financial disaster, guys. And so he used the word, not discipline, he used the word that is one of the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians 5.25, self-control. That he said we are a nation that is out of control in so many ways. And so I believe, guys, this is something that each one of us need to heed, that we need to pay very close attention to this, the areas of my life that I need to discipline myself in, okay? Begin with me here, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, every one of them. But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain. Now, when I look at that verse right there, i got to ask myself this question. How am I running the race? How am I running the race spiritually? Do I take days off? Am I lukewarm? Am I hit and miss? Am I lethargic? And every one of us, guys, we can get this way spiritually, but I believe this is one of the years 
that I can't allow myself to lapse into lethargy. I can't allow myself to lapse into lukewarm states. I'm going to have to keep seeking God, and I keep seeking God. And I believe this is one of the things Paul's telling us, verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, the word temperate there in different translations, one says they're disciplined, look what he says, in all things. Another one says they exercise self-control in all things. And so, Father God, he wants us to exercise self-control in every area of our lives. Now, you know what that can mean? That can mean self-control in my eyes, with my eyes, what I allow my eyes to see, what I allow my eyes to watch. That's self-control in my mouth, the things I say, the things that I, I, I meditate on in my mind. That can be my eating habits, my lack of exercise. See, I could go on and on, and some of you say, that's enough, I've heard enough. But the bottom line is, the list is endless for every one of us. Now, the question is, what do you do? What am I doing to exercise self-control? And we can even jump into a spiritual basis on that. What do I do on a daily basis to exercise spiritually? Do I take time to get in, in, in God's presence? Do I take time to pray? Do I get into the Word? And the reason I think this is so beneficial that we're here in the first week of, of January. So... Yeah, let's make some new resolutions and say, oh, Father God, help me. I want to draw near to you more than I ever have. Now, he goes on to say, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. In other words, for eternity. Verse 26, therefore, I run, not with uncertainty, thus I fight as not with one who beats the air. Now, four times there in verse 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul refers to I. You know, the only person that you're going to be responsible for at the day of judgment is yourself. And so right here, I like when he refers I, I. In other words, don't try to pass the buck. Don't try to blame this person. I, I got to take responsibility. And I think what he's telling us there is you must have definite aim at targets. You must say, this is what I'm going to go after in 2012. This is what I'm going to do this year. Keep reading, verse 27. But I discipline my body. But I discipline my body. Now, the King James says this, I keep my body under. The Amplified says, I buffet my body. That doesn't mean buffet. That does not mean for you to go to furs and eat all you want tomorrow, okay? That's not what that word means. Also, uh, one translation in the NIV says, I beat my body. Now, what he's talking about is our flesh. And, and when I read this, he says, I discipline my body. So you know what that tells me? There's an opposite to that. That if I don't discipline my body, then I'm going to live undisciplined. And when I live undisciplined, I'm going I'm to suffer the consequences. Keep reading. But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection. That word subjection there means self-discipline, self-denial, and self-control. And once again, it can be over all the areas I listed a minute ago or referred to. But think about what areas in your life 
that you need to bring under subjection. So, man, I, I gotta, I gotta discipline my life. Because when I read that right there, you know what it tells me? If I don't bring my body under subjection, it's gonna get out of subjection. And it's gonna happen rather quickly, even spiritually. I mean, guys, I, I don't know what happens when people come to church, but there in, in Hebrews it says, do not forsake the assembling together. Something happens to us spiritually when we come to church on a regular basis. And, and when I see people that haven't been in church for months, you know what I can almost always tell? They're getting their rear kicked in life. Something happens when I come in here and, and hear the Word of God and we worship together. There's a corporate anointing. And so this is one of the things, it must become priority. Well, Pastor, I, I work all the time. Sunday's my, my only day off. Well, stand before God one day and tell Him that. See, I can use excuse after excuse after excuse, or I can begin to say, okay, I'm going to make a commitment in my life. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to come to church. Now, Joshua said that, men. Joshua did not say, as for me and my house, my wife says we've got to go to church today. As for me and my house, my wife said, Billy, you need to get up. No, man, we need to rise up. We need to be the leader of their homes and say, we're going to church today. Go in there and get your... Do not... If you have children living under your roof, don't give them the choice whether to come or not. You tell them you're going to play under my house and living under my house, and you're going to play by my rules. And daddy said, this is what's going to happen. And if you don't come, then mama say, knock you out. We're just going to... Okay? Not really. Okay. All right. But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So you know what he's telling here? If I don't discipline my body, if I don't bring it under subjection, I'm going to become disqualified. I'm going to become disqualified in this spiritual race that every one of us is in. Now, go with me to the book of John, chapter 14. John 14, and as you're turning there, here's your little statement that you can just fill in the blank. You can know the kind of person someone is by the way they fill in the blank. You can know what type of person people are by the way they eat, by the way they talk, and you see. And you know what? Every one of us fall in that category. Self-discipline, guys. Is, is going in the right direction without someone having to tell me to do it. That's self-discipline, self-control. Now, here's, here's what the Lord's really been putting on me. If one of the fruits of the Spirit, and I mentioned it's self-control, I believe this, guys, we need to pray, Father God, Holy Spirit, fill me with self-control today. Fill my eyes with self-control today. Fill my, my, my heart with self-control today. Fill me up today. And the Holy Spirit will help you. You know, the Holy Spirit is sent to empower us. And so if you've battled areas in your life, and every one of us in this room, we could probably say there's, there's certain things that we've battled our entire life. Now, that'd be different for every one of us. But you know what? Every one of us needs self-control. Now, Jesus' words here, John 14, and I'm going to read two passages here in John before we move on. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
If you love me, obey my commandments. So obedience is God's definition of love. The proof that I really love God is that I obey God. Now, you know what that means for me and you? We must begin to get back where we believe the word of God. Not man's opinions. We believe the word of God. And you know, you may have people say, well, the Bible's outdated. No, it's not. No, it's, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so is his word. And God didn't expect us to alter this word here in the 21st century. It's the same. And so we must begin to get a hold of this because partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Now look at the next ver- or next chapter of John, John chapter 15. Look with me starting in verse 10. I'll just start in verse 9. John 15 verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, he gives us two big nuggets right there. In order for the love of God and the joy of God to remain on the inside of us, what did he tell us to do? Obey his commandments. And so I look at that and the thought comes to me that when I obey the word of God, there's going to be a love and a joy that can come from no other way. See, too many times we try to bypass God and his commandments and we think the things of this world are going to make you happy. You know what I found out about things of the world with happiness? They only last briefly. You know, some of you might have got a new car for Christmas. You know, a year from now you'll look and you'll think that thing's just a piece of metal. Some of you may have got some new shoes. You may have got some new games, new things, but you know what? They never satisfy. We always are wanting more, something newer. But the things of God right here, He promised. And so if you're wanting joy in your life, begin to obey God. When I obey Him, He said the joy, His joy would remain. Keep reading, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Not a suggestion, a commandment. Greater love has, none, love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now when I look at this, he, he says the word friend and the word friend is a covenant word. But he said you're my friend under one condition. You do what I've asked you or, I've do, you, do what I, or I, you do what I tell you. And so this is the discipline I believe the Lord wants us to start really understanding and doing in my life. When I know what the Bible says, then I must begin to obey it. And Jesus right here, like I said, he used the word friend. Well, that word friend is only under that one condition that I obey him. Keep reading verse 15. No longer do I call you servants... For a servant does not know what master his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that are heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Now for every one of our lives, you know what I believe Jesus is doing? He's on the lookout for fruit in our life. 
And he said that you go and bear fruit. And then he goes on to say, and that your fruit may remain or your fruit may last. And so each one of us, guys, Jesus is looking for fruit in our life. The only way that's going to come is when I learn to discipline myself and obey the word of God. And how do I do that? Man, I start making time for God. I start making time to get in his word. Keep reading with me, verse six or 17. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Now, when I look at all this, God's not trying to bully us, guys. God tries to elevate us to, to his standards. And when I live by God's standards, I'm going to live the blessed life. I'm going to live the fulfilled life. I'm going to live the happy life. Now, I can tell you right now, for 20 years of my life, guys, I didn't live the blessed life. I chased after the things of the world. I chased after everything the world had to offer. And you know what? I found out every week I was repeating the same thing, trying to get happy. And I remember at 19, I had this thought that there's got to be more to my life than, than partying, to getting high, to getting drunk, to doing all those things that I was doing in the world. Pastor, you did those things? I did those things. I was a good sinner. The night I got born again, the devil looked at the demons and said, Listen, boys, we lost a good man today. We lost a good sinner. But I realized in my own life there had to be more. And you know what it was? I found the things of God. And now 30 years, 30 plus years later, I'm still serving God. And I serve God happy. It's, it's not work for me to serve God. I don't look and think, oh, crud, i got to pray today. It's, it's a joy for me to follow God and His commandments. Now turn over to the book of Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Now here's a scripture that, that has jumped out to me lately. And as you're turning to Hebrews 2, Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said that in these last days, lawlessness will abound. That lawlessness will abound. And so when I begin to look at the different references of lawlessness, it means wickedness will abound. How many of us can testify today that, that we're seeing wickedness abound? I mean, every one of us, I hope. I mean, you, you see what's going on in our nation. Another definition of the word lawlessness means rebellion. Rebellion will abound. We live in a society right now that we say, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. The opposite of rebellion is disobedience. The opposite of rebellion is, is a lack of discipline. And so right here he says lawlessness will abound. Now, this is a warning from Jesus to each one of us. And this is a sign in the last days. And so that is going to try to engulf every one of us. This spirit of lawlessness... The spirit of wickedness, the spirit of, of rebellion. Now, the rest of that verse says, because lawlessness will abound, uh, the love of many will grow cold. Now, I want to highlight a word in there. He says, the love of many will grow cold. Not a few, many. Now, he's talking to believers, I believe. Now, think about that word many, because the many he's talking about are the ones that started being led by lawlessness, wickedness, and rebellion. 
And so this is a warning, guys. This stuff is coming after us in degrees we've never faced before. This is a warning, guys, I believe, to begin to heed this stuff. And you're going to have to fight rebellion. You're going to have to fight wickedness. All the sin and stuff we're around every day. Because if you don't, he warns, it is abounding. Now don't kid yourself and say, well that, that never happened to me. If I don't learn to discipline myself and be diligent to hang out with God, it will happen. Now here in Hebrews 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. We must give the more earnest heed to the things, to the Word of God. One translation here says that all the more careful attention. We must pay attention to the Word of God, guys. Why? Least we drift away. Least we drift away. The message says we need to get a firm grip on it. Least we drift away. Now, the reason I'm telling us this, guys, is this is some of the things I'm beginning to sense that are taking place right now. But as this year goes on, I don't want to see people drift away. I don't want to see any of you drift away. Because I know the final outcome. Whether it's for you or for me. And so this is what it is to be rooted and grounded, one, in the Word of God. It's to be rooted and grounded in churches. And you know what? A lot of people don't want to come to church. I don't want to be held accountable. I don't want to come under authority. Well, I didn't set it up this way, guys. God did. But I realize something happens here when we do not drift away. That we say, I'm not, I'm not going to allow it to happen. I'm not going to allow it to happen. Keep reading verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels, and what that's talking about, the angels spoke the, the law to Moses. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, it was valid. The word steadfast means it was authentic. If that word proved steadfast, and every transgression, which is sin, and look at what he says next, and disobedience, they received a just reward. They received a retribution or a penalty. Now, if people were given a penalty or a just reward in the Old Testament for breaking the law, we better understand, guys, that there's a penalty for breaking the covenant of the New Testament too. And I want you to understand something tonight. The devil plays for keeps, guys. The devil's not a friend. I remember years ago, DC Talk said, they sang the song, I thought the devil was a friend of mine. The devil plays for keeps, guys. And in John 10.10, it says specifically, the reason the devil's here is to kill, steal, and destroy. I cannot think that I don't have to heed the word of God, and I'm... Okay, everything in life's going to be okay. You know, there's a, there's a book out right now. And it talks about hell. And it says basically that hell is all the pain and the suffering we go through here on earth. That's hell, that's it. I'm going to tell you guys, that stuff's a lie. 
That's a blatant lie. When I read about hell, you know what I always see? It's a place where the fire never goes out. It's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place that even Jesus said, you don't want your worst enemies there. And so this is wake up. And some of you say, man, I don't know that I want to come back to church. This is pretty rough. No. This is a good thing, guys. This is to say, we play a part in what's going to take place in our lives. What's going to happen with each one of us. We have choices to make. Go with me and I'll end with this tonight. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30. Where's Deuteronomy? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. Right there in the front of your Bible. As you're turning there, listen, I, I saw the word potential the other day. You know what the word potential means? Existing in possibility, not in act. And so each one of us, I believe, is full of, of potential. We're full of possibility, but between potential and the manifestation of the potential, you know what it takes? Discipline. Self-control. How many of you know somebody that's very successful in life? Could be different fields. Well, you know what? They didn't get there just by luck. They got there by being diligent. It's just like a, a good marriage. Guys, you don't fluke a good marriage. That doesn't happen. But each one of us in this room have, have potential. So what are we doing with the potential? See, it's kind of like a cake mix. I can have a cake mix up on the counter. But you know what? That cake mix doesn't guarantee me a cake. Unless what? There's some effort. There's some effort. And that's the same with each one of us. That we have some abilities, some potential. But we're going to have to go for them, okay? I can't be lazy. Spiritually, I can't be lazy even physically. Keep reading. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious or hidden for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that we should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it? And do it. But the word is very near you. In your mouth, in your heart. That you may do it. Now I believe that's big for us this year guys. The only one that can get the word of God in your mouth and your heart. Is you. And the only one who can choose to do it. Is you. And so this is, this is really uh, uh, interesting that he would say this here. But I believe he's given us stuff that I got to this year. And I, I'm telling you, begin to get the word in your mouth and let it get in your heart. What do I do when I get the word in my mouth? I begin to speak the word of God. Speak the word of God out of your mouth. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it there in your, in your day and night that you may observe to do all that's written in it and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. What was the ingredient? i got to get the Word in me. Get the Word of God in you. I think that's one of the greatest things in my own life. That i got the Word of God in me. I, I had people that tell me at a young age, get the Word in you, get the Word. You want to see changes in your life? Get the Word in you. You want to see changes in your marriage? Get the Word in you. 
Begin to speak what the B-I-B-L-E says. Keep reading. And some of you are happy. Some of you are still upset about being here. Verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. You read that right there? He said, I've said it before you today. Keep reading. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God. Get this. To walk in His ways. To keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments. That you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Now, right there, there's conditions. i got to get back to obeying Obey these commands. And what did he say? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Now, I want to end with verse 19. And I'm jumping real quick. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And so right here, for every one of us, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what he's saying. I'm giving you some choices. What a way to start the first of the year. And, and when, when, when the scriptures there said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to really help them figure this out. It's like an open book test, but he said, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give them the answer. When you look at that, you know what he says? Choose life. He tells us, choose life. Choose life. How do I choose life? I begin to obey the commandments of God. I begin to walk in the things of God. I begin diligent and self-control. Now, listen guys, in my own life now, you've got to realize what you see is 30 years of serving God. When I first started out, guys, I, I didn't know nothing about God. I was the guy who put Job in the belly of the whale. And my wife was looking at me and saying, Jonah, Jonah, and I was like, Ah, Job, Jonah, whatever. I remember from the first times I preached, instead of uh, uh, Manasseh, I called him Manasseh. I would just butcher names and just go on like no big deal. But over the years, of just continually renewing my mind to the Word, renewing my mind to the Word, renewing my mind. You know, and, and I, I don't have a problem telling you the things I do. Because even to this day, even when I go back to my hometown, people will say, if God can change you, He can change anybody. You know what that tells me? I had a pretty good reputation as a sinner. I did. But I begin to get the Word of God on the inside of me on a day. And to this day, man, I'm telling you, the things I do in the morning, I will get in those Proverbs. Woo! I read the Proverbs. And I'm telling you, Proverbs will pop you upside the head, man. Put some wisdom in you. I love the proverb. It's almost every service I start with a proverb. I read passages in the New Testament. I'm always reading books. I'm always reading books on marriage. And I, and I about got Shelly where I got her help now. And she's moving in a good way. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the bottom line is, it, it's, it's the things I do on a daily basis. What do you do when you're in the shower, man? Just begin to pray. Begin to praise God. Begin to worship God. Where it's this... I mean, when I come into the office, half the time they don't know who I'm talking to because I'm talking to myself. Man, I may be singing. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just... Because of things of God, they become so real to me. And what I'm telling you guys right now 
is it's a big thing this year. It's a big thing this year what takes place in your lives. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here telling us this is it. This is the E-N-D. This, I'm not here to tell you that, guys. I'm not God. But I realize that when he starts warning us about some of these signs that are going to be taking place, and things are on the move. Things are on the move, and so stand on your feet with me. Does this help anybody besides me?